What is going on? You are listening to Rich on Tech Live. I'm Rich DeMiro, richontech.tv. This is the show where I talk about tech and help you get the most out of your gadgets. Plus, I take your phone calls live. Hey there, what's going on? I'm Rich DeMiro, tech reporter at KTLA 5 News in Los Angeles. I'm also at richontech.tv. This is my life, talking about this stuff, playing with this stuff, learning more about it, and of course, helping you get the most out of all the tech gadgets that you have around your house. Because let's be honest, this is a this is a growing field. We're not getting any less tech around us. We just keep getting more tech around us. Phone lines are open. Call in with your tech questions. The phone number is 310-594-3003. And of course, welcome to everyone watching on Facebook Live. Thanks so much for being there behind the scenes as I record the show. And of course, if you're watching or listening rather, on the podcast, thanks for tuning in. You could be listening in your car, you could be walking, you could be, uh, I don't know, you could be anywhere. You could be anywhere in the world. That's the cool thing about this. On the show today, we're going to talk about uh, kids and their tablets. We're going to talk about the Windows Surface Book 2. This new app that is kind of cool, cleans up your contacts and uh, helps you manage those. I know it's been a while since a contact management app was exciting, but this one is. I'll give you my review of the Pixel 2. And of course, I will check social media and Look at some of your comments. Man, let's talk about this topic first off on the show, though. Kids and tablets. You know, uh, if you guys know me and you see me on TV, you know I've got two kids or on Instagram or Twitter. I've got, a, uh, you know, <laughs> two boys, <laughs> and uh, they're three and six. And let me tell you, never a dull moment when you have kids. Obviously, that's the number one thing. But the second part of that is that there's a real struggle these days with... Um, the whole idea of kids and their tablets and kids and electronics and kids and how much do they watch. Now, when I was a kid, this is all applying to now, okay? I'm not talking about when I was a kid. When I was a kid, here's how it worked. You got home from school. You got up early before school. You watched cartoons for as long as you wanted until literally you had to walk out the door, okay? Then you would get home from school, throw down your stuff, and you would either watch video game or play video games, or you'd watch shows on TV until it was time to do your homework, or time to go outside, or time to um, go to bed. Either one. I mean, it was just, we played outside a lot. That was the other thing. When we played outside, you would just go outside and play, and your parents, you just know like this is the time to come home. I had one friend's dad who would whistle for him. Anyway, that's all when I was a kid. Nowadays, it's a little bit different. We are in this world of digital devices. And what do kids want to do when they come home? They basically want to sit down and act like a bowl full of mush and absorb everything on their tablet. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that there's a um, anything in moderation is good. But this new research from Common Sense tells us kind of what the deal is. And here's the first stat. 42% of kids ages 0 to 8 have their own tablet. And that's up from 1% in 2011. 1% in 2011. Now get it. The the iPad didn't come out till 2010. So, you know, this there's not much to think about before that. People were glued to their TVs, but the TV has given way to the tablet. And it's a weird thing because you know, the tablet is much more personal than the TV. With the TV, at least you had, you know, your mom or dad could walk by in the background and see you that you were watching a cartoon, you kind of had an idea. But nowadays everything's so personalized, it's so individualized right on your tablet screen that you, you barely even know what your kid's doing on there. My kid was watching this show on Netflix. By the way, Netflix, uh, this is just, uh, you know, come on, common sense. When I put my kid's profile on Netflix, let me lock it down with a password, okay? Just some sort of passcode. I mean, isn't that the most basic thing? 
that should be available to me as a parent is that I can lock down when I put my kid on Netflix and I get it. You can make the argument that, oh, Rich, well, you should watch your kids better. You know, maybe you should stand over them the whole time. They shouldn't be able to see what's on Netflix without you looking. Well, guess what? Real life comes in here to play and you can't always watch your kids every single minute of the day what they're watching on iPad. So my kid the other day happened to watch, he's watching this show and gosh, I got to figure out what the name of this show is. I'm going to look it up on Netflix real quick because the only reason I knew how bad this show was is because my photographer, Stephen Stark, told me that he was watching it and he was like, oh yeah, it's really bad, but it looks like a cartoon. So, oh gosh, what is the name of this show? It has a little cartoon. Um, oh man, I can't find it. It's like, it looks like a, a kid's cartoon and it is not. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to find this show on here really fast, but uh, it's brand new. It just came out and it's like, it's not a good show. It's not a, it's not a show for kids. And my kid was watching it and I'm like, uh Oh, um, you know, give me that, give me that back. You cannot be on there. Oh, big mouth. There it is. Big mouth. That's the show. You don't, I don't even know. You don't even want to start watching it because the stuff my photographer is telling me about it. Uh, that is not a show for kids. Somehow he switched to my profile and started watching that. Anyway, uh, average amount of time spent with mobile devices skyrockets, increasing 10 times. So so it used to be five minutes a day in uh, 2011. Now it's 48 minutes in 2017. So 48 minutes. Now that's on a good day, I think, for a lot of kids. 48 minutes with their tablet is like, I mean, think about it. That's just two shows. And, you know, that's, that's literally two shows. Now, that's what I try to limit my kids to each night when they come home is just two shows. But some days are more, some days are not. Let's see. Uh, they're also going to start some public service announcements with Will Ferrell um, arguing for a device-free dinner. So they're saying, basically, put down your phones during dinner. And this is something we tried. We actually went cold turkey at the table. Dinner table with the kids. We said just uh, after a couple of years, we said, you know what? No more iPads at the table. That's it. We are, we are no longer having iPads at the table. And believe me, we've all been guilty. The parents too do the same thing. You sit down and next thing you know, you're looking at your phone because you get a, a notification and it ruins the entire dinner. So I'm guilty of this. My wife is guilty of it. Uh, the kids are guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. And the reality is it's not that we're doing anything wrong. I mean, come on, how exciting is a slot machine when you roll the dice and you know, so, or you pull that handle and you don't know what's going to come up? What do you think is happening when you're looking at your notifications? The same exact thing. That's all you're doing when you're, when, you're, when you're pulling down on Instagram and you're pulling down on Facebook to refresh the feed. Think about it. I mean, you're, you're, you're playing the lottery and it's fun. So I'm not, I'm not arguing against this. I'm just saying life could be better. Um, and when I was a kid, yeah, we had, we had the TV on during dinner a lot of times. We had a TV in the kitchen. So I don't know what the answer is. I think that it's, a, it's in moderation. So with my kids, Monday night, free-for-all, everyone's tired. I mean, what are you going to do? It's Monday. So they can eat in front of the TV. They can do whatever they want. Tuesday night, I'm a little more strict. I'm like, all right, no iPads. And then if they bring them, I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes it's just a matter of survival as a parent. And if you give them their iPad and they watch a show and they're calm and they're enjoying life, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, but it was a big decision in our family when to get them tablets and when to let them watch these things. And it used to be a shared device. And now, of course, they each have their own. But, uh, you know, they can be a lifesaver, believe me.
uh, lifesaver at the restaurant. We were out at a restaurant on Friday night and we were able to bring the kids because we had them have their iPads at the table. Now, I know that sounds terrible, but the reality is, number one, we're with our kids at least. And so we're functioning as a family. Number two, we didn't have to pay for a babysitter, which was nice. Uh, but number three, you know, they get to go out to a, to a restaurant and enjoy that time with us, even though they eventually moved on to their iPads. And so now I was talking with, with my wife because I feel like we had such a successful dinner that maybe we're going to try the thing where we maybe talk first until dinner comes. And then once dinner comes and they eat, then they can have their iPad. So it's kind of like dessert. Um, you don't get it till you finish your food in our house. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, 49% of children, eight or under, uh, watch TV or videos or play video games in the hour before bedtime. And according to pediatricians, apparently that's a no-no. Now, you know, we try to make the hour before bed more like, um, you know, more like reading and stuff like that. So if they're, but some nights again, they're just going straight from re, uh, watching right to bed. And, you know, it just depends. Again, it's all moderation. But I think these stats are really telling because the way that technology has really, um, you know, affected the childhood is, is so different. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting to me because this is the way I put it. I grew up with a screen in front of my face from the time I was about, I don't know, um, in my teens. I don't know. Let's say 15, okay? And I had my first computer. And then, of course, my, you know, you just had a computer, a laptop, whatever. And then, of course, you had things come along like the, like the phones. But the phones were never in front of your face all the time. Now they are. My kids, meanwhile, they know how to swipe from about six months and I think that's a lot of kids. My kid yesterday, he stood up on the, on the um, you know, little table in front of the TV, and he's sitting there tapping the TV, <laughs> tapping the TV and trying to swipe on the TV. And that my other kid did that too. And it's just crazy. It's just built into who they are. All right. Phone lines are open. I'm going to take your tech questions next. 310-594-3003. 310-594-3003. Coming up, I will take some of your questions live. You're listening to Rich on Tech. Rich on Tech Live. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Rich on Tech Live. You can subscribe to this podcast by searching Rich on Tech in your favorite podcasting app. That way, you can listen anywhere. Welcome back to Rich on Tech Live. You are listening to Rich DeMuro, where we talk about technology, your life, your technology, whatever you want to talk about, basically, as it relates to technology. Phone lines are open, 310-594-3003. And we're just going to go right to our first caller here in the 661 area code. Hey, Rich. It's Greg from the Antelope Valley. Greg, how are you doing today on this Thursday? Not too bad. And yourself? I'm always doing fantastic on a Thursday. It's the day before Friday. Yes, great. <laughs> uh, I have a little problem here. I have had my iPhone 6S for, it'll be a year in November, and, you know, of course accidents happen. I have dropped it, and within, um, I think I dropped it a good, a good, uh, a good drop last December, and uh, the bottom left hand, side is a little is there's a little crack there okay okay uh but within the last uh week i have noticed some fine red lines on the left hand of my screen 
going from the uh, battery icon all the way down to the that I have my Safari bot button there. Okay. And they don't go away. And uh, it's a little bit annoying. So I'm wondering, is it something to do with my screen or is it something to do with the software or hardware? Well, it sounds like it could be. I, I think it's something to do with the, um, well, it could be the screen. could be a screen issue. could be some pixels that uh, have gotten ruined. But if they're lighting up red, they're not dead. I think it's something to do with uh, some sort of logic board or something that's driving the video on the phone, and that's okay. what's causing it. And it could, you know, it could every time your phone is moving or, or gets shifted or jostled, it could make the problem worse eventually. So, what are you thinking okay. of doing? Are you thinking it's a success, so it's not terribly old? Are you thinking of upgrading? Uh, no, not right now. I was just thinking of getting it fixed and I've, you know, seen places that replace the, you know, like a broken screen. Right. So I was one, that's why I was calling to see if, well, if that's something I should do or if it's, you know, something inside, well, I guess. Here's the deal. I mean, you could start there. You can go to one of those places. Uh, if you want someone to come to you, you can go to I, uh, com. They'll come right to your house and fix it. Um, okay. or you can go to like, I, I would not go to some random place, you know, like in the mall, because the, the, the problem here is that this may not f fix it and, you know, or it may come back and then you have to go back to them. So you want some place that sort of has a warranty on their, on their stuff and the place at the mall, you know, like okay. the random places that just, you know, they open up overnight and it's just some kid, um, you know, they may not offer the service. They may not be there if you need them in three months. So something like oh, iCrack, okay. they guarantee the work that they do if the screen cracks again. Um, but mostly these companies, um, you know, they will replace the screen, but it sounds like you may need um, the LCD replaced as well. So um, if there's a lot of damage, they can do that, but it's just going to cost you more. So I, here's what I would do. I would go into like a place like um, you break, I fix. And I would get an estimate, look, have them look at it. They see these things every day, so they know kind of the difference between what's going on. You know, if something's going to just take okay. a, a screen or, or needs a part inside. So I'd go there, get the estimate. If it's 300 bucks, no way. You know what I mean? I mean, it's time, time to get a new phone. And what you can do okay. is, if it's something like $300, then you can sell this phone on eBay and you'll get some money for it because someone out there on eBay knows how to fix these phones, and they'll fix it, and then they'll flip it and sell it. But for you, it might be too okay. much trouble. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So I would say do that. Go in, get an estimate, and sometimes they may say, hey, look, we can replace it, and we can't guarantee that anything's going to work any better or that the lines are going to go away because they just, they just don't know until they actually put a new screen on there. So um, that's, okay. that's what you're sort of up against, Greg. Okay, and you said the what was the name of the place? You break. Yeah, it's there's like a little chain of places. Uh, are you in? You said you're in Los Angeles area, right? Um, yeah. Uh, it's uh -huh. you break, I fix, and um, that's okay. that's the one. That's a store, and the reason why I recommend them is because a lot of the third party insurance companies will send you there, so I know they're pretty legit and they have a lot of locations. Okay. So find one of those, you break, I fix. And if you want someone to come to you, you can just go on iCracked.com and they will send a technician to your house and they'll do it anywhere. I was at, uh, okay. I was in uh, Florida on a shoot one time and the, the, whatever the iCracked folks like literally came to fix this athlete's phone, like right there in the, like outside the locker room, basically. <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the players. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that's pretty uh -huh. amazing that you can just do this anywhere. So, 
Wow. Okay. Um, but you don't. Uh, if I was to take it to Apple, they even though it's under the still under the warranty, they wouldn't fix it because of that crack. I'm I, assuming. Well, I mean, you could do that first. They're they're going to tell you right off the bat. So do that first. You know, it can't hurt. They're not going to charge okay. you. But what they're going to do is they're going to see that crack. And like when I took my wife's phone in, there was like a, a diagnosis fee or something like that. So they believe me, uh-huh. Apple's not stupid. But at the same time, uh, they may say, oh, my gosh, uh, we just noticed that your phone has a crack problem that, uh, you know, if it's uh, turned left, it cracks. So, you know, you may they may you never know. I would take it there first oh. and then go to these other places, but don't let them, don't pay at Apple for them to diagnose it because their their repair is always going to be more expensive. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. All right, Greg. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of Rich on Tech Live. I do appreciate it, Greg in Antelope Valley. All right. Uh, let's take one more call here in the uh, 909 area code. 909, you're on with Rich. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Sam from Pomona. Sam from Pomona. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Got a couple of tech questions for you. Well, hopefully I have a couple of tech answers. Okay. I recently uh, got rid of my cable because the bill got way too high. I put in an outdoor antenna, and now I'm getting, you know, HD, great reception. I I watch you guys on KTLA literally every morning. Thank you. Uh, One of the things that, you know, I had was a DVR, and I kind of miss that because I'll go into the kitchen and make breakfast and miss stuff, you know, and I come back. And anyway, so I did a little research and I bought one of these uh, TV tuners with the ability to record. Okay. Which one did uh, you get? Ran over to, I, I went over to Fry's and I got this. It's a Trek. Okay. And uh, it's like $49. And um, brought it home, set it up. The thing works, you know. Pretty good. I mean, I'd give it a you know an eight out of ten maybe, but the remote control with this thing, the buttons are so tiny, and uh, I mean, literally, I got to put my glasses on and turn on a light to figure out what I'm doing with this thing. Have you got any experience with these? Yes. So I'll tell you the one that I recommend that I really like. I have an antenna on my house, and I get all the channels. It's great, and I can pause live TV. I can record, but uh, the one I recommend is called Tableau. T-A-B-L-O. And this is, uh, there's a couple of them out there. Um, there's right. one, there's Tableau is, I, I think it's probably one of the best, but here's how it works. It's, it's going to work a little bit differently from what you have. Um, but what Tableau does is it basically records over the air. It's, it's just a box and then it has, you know, you, you attach a hard drive to it and you can record. So there's a subscription fee of $5 a month. If you want to set recordings, you know, like you would on a TiVo, um, two weeks out, or, or you can just set manual recordings and see one day of guide information for free. And that's, that's free unlimited. So that's the one that I like. And what's cool about this one, and it's probably a little bit different than yours, is that it also works in conjunction with a smart device. So you can actually access not only your, your recordings from any iPad, iPhone, but also an Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku. It's just infinitely better. And the only thing I notice about this that I, I the only downside I would say that it has is about a 12 second buffer from when you try to change channels. Now, if you're leaving it tuned to one channel or you're just tuning in a show, you won't really notice that. It's not that big of a deal. But if you're flipping channels a lot, which you probably aren't doing with over the air channels because there's not that many of them, it, it probably won't be a problem. But that's the one I like. I think it's not much more than the one that you bought. 
Uh, two tuners. Let's see how much a two tuner is. Oh, let's see here. Select your country. It is, <laughs> yeah, about a hundred bucks for a refurbished one. So, and I think a refurbished on this thing will be just fine. So that's what I recommend. Uh, definitely check it out, Sam. And uh, I think you'll be much happier with, than the uh, the tiny thing that you got from uh, from Fry's. And nothing wrong with that, but I just don't think it has as many features as you would like. And uh, I think Tableau is kind of, it's set up for this new world we live in of the over-the-air DVR. So check it out. All right, there you have it. Uh, we are going to take more of your phone calls after this. The phone number is 310-594-3003. When we come back, I'll talk about the new Microsoft Surface Book. And, man, who would have thought that contacts could be fun again? I'll tell you about a new app that helps you manage those as well. You're listening to Rich on Tech Live. I'm Rich Demiro. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Rich on Tech Live. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash richontech. There, I'll share fun tech tips, photos, and pretty much anything else I find interesting. See you there. Welcome back to Rich on Tech Live. I'm Rich Demiro. You are listening to the show where we talk about your technology and all things gadgets and gear and fun. And uh, it's just what I love to talk about. So that's why I'm talking about it, because I can. It's all on Facebook. It's all live. It's all free. And of course, the podcast you can listen to anywhere. Just go to richontech.tv and search podcast or just search Rich on Tech in your favorite podcasting app. Windows, Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft is very busy these days uh, making their gadgets. They have come out with a lot of new stuff lately. And now they've got a brand new Surface Book 2. Surface Book was, uh, you know, every a lot of the gadgets that Microsoft is coming out with are... Um, very popular, like they're they're well done. And I've got to say, after seeing Microsoft kind of struggle uh, for so many years in various different aspects of kind of the mobile world and all this different stuff, it's nice to see that they're really killing it in the place that matters the most, which is their bread and butter, which are computers. And this new Surface Book 2 is uh, kind of a sequel to the first Surface Book, which was good. But, you know, you can always tell a first-gen product. A lot of people loved it, but now they've done some refinements. And this new Surface Book 2 is five times more powerful than the original, uh, but it still has all-day battery life. And the neat thing about the Surface Book, if you don't know what this thing is, it's a computer, it's a laptop, it's a tablet, it's everything all in one. And it's different than the regular Surface because this is more like a laptop, like a real laptop. Surface, you can't really, it has a keyboard uh, attachment, but you can't really put it on your knees to like use it as a laptop because it doesn't work that way. It kind of like, um, it just doesn't, I can't explain it, but it's almost like a tent and it doesn't, doesn't stay. So this Surface Book is much more like a keyboard with a solid Surface that connects to a tablet that you can also disconnect. So people love this thing. It's, it's sold very well. Um, everyone who got one really liked it. The reviews were great. And Surface Book 2, and the reason why people like Surface is because if you're doing real business, iPads are great. I get it. You know, People love their iPads. But iPad is primarily a consumption device. And yes, you can do Office on there. You can do, I mean, you could do everything on there. I mean, I'm producing this whole live show on an iPhone. So, I mean, it's amazing what you can do. But the reality is when you really want to get business done, you want to do presentations, all that kind of stuff, sometimes you just want a good old-fashioned computer. And this is kind of the best of both worlds because you get all the ports. You get USB, the regular one. And now the new thing is that they've added USB-C. And then, of course, you have a full-size SD card slot. So you don't need dongles. I just bought this new MacBook Pro 
and I can't show it to you because I don't want to mess anything up. But the reality is it's been a learning experience because everything needs to be plugged in with some sort of adapter because everything, there's only two USB-C ports on it and that's it. So I love the fact that it's simple, but it takes a little bit more work. And I've noticed, you know, I've had to buy all new cables. I've had to buy some adapters. Uh, and sometimes people just don't want to deal with all that mess. Surface Book is not cheap, by the way. Surface Book 2 starts at $1,500 for the 13-inch model, $2,500 for the 15-inch model. Pre-orders start on November 9th and delivery on November 16th. Phone lines are open, 310-594-3003, 310-594-3003. Let me tell you about an app that I've been playing with for the past couple of days that I think is really cool. And I never thought that contacts would be cool. So by the way, um, playing on iPhone, playing with Siri, something that Siri does really well is she will, if you, if you have an iPhone and use sort of the Gmail app on there, do yourself a favor and actually sign in to your mail on the phone itself. So use the native mail app, even if you have Gmail app installed on there. And let me tell you why. Siri does this amazing thing where she can look inside all your email and kind of gather information from there. And I know it sounds creepy and scary, but it's not. She will literally, if you pull down on your main screen and type in the name of someone that maybe sent you an email, she will tell you what their phone number, what she thinks their phone number is. That's amazing. I wish we had this on our computers because it's really smart. Anyway, I'm, I'm going outside of what I'm talking about here, but this app is called Card Hop, C-A-R-D-H-O-P. And it comes from someone who made another great app for the iPhone called Fantastical. And what they've done is they've kind of pioneered the natural language where you can just type in your appointment and it will kind of parse it and put it into a um, put it into a calendar event. Well, CardHop does the same thing, but for contacts. So this is really cool. Basically, here's how it works. You install it on your computer. It's only Mac right now. But when someone sends you an email, you know how usually at the bottom of their email, they've got their entire signature line with all of their you know, contact information? Well, you literally just take that, copy it, and paste it into CardHop, and it, it just immediately parses all that data and puts it in the proper fields, in the contacts. And then, of course, it syncs it to your iPhone or Google Contacts or whatever. It's really cool. And in fact, the, the developers know how cool it is because when you paste it in, you watch the little things move over like... And it's really kind of fun. Uh, and then, of course, you can search your stuff. You can add. You can edit. And it's not going to work perfectly every time, but it is really good. My only downside to this app, well, number one is 15 bucks. I think it's normally 20 but right now they're giving it at 15 And then you get a 21-day grace period, so you get 21 days to try it out, which makes sense for something that's $15. Believe me, I was at a meeting the other day, and this kid didn't want to buy an app that was $2. I was like, come on, dude. It's 2 bucks." But this... The only problem I've noticed with CardHop, and I see this with everything, it doesn't pull in contact photos from Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And I wish it would. It takes them from Gravatar, which you may or may not have heard of, but not everyone has that. So to me, if this thing pulled in Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter photos, I'd be buying it tomorrow. Right now, I'm still playing with it for the 21 days, but it is an amazing little app, and I really think that they need to... Someone needs to do this. I used to have this great app on Android called HackSync, and it would... At first, Facebook was really nice about giving you all your contact photos, right? And it would sync with your iPhone. If you notice the new iOS 11, that doesn't happen anymore. The Facebook app doesn't do it anymore. If you have a way to get Facebook photos into my contacts, let me know in the comments, because I don't know a way anymore. 
and it's really annoying because I love having photos of my friends um, that are updated in my contacts when someone calls and I just can't find it anymore. So yeah, that's my little mini rant. <laughs> I don't know why they don't do it, but they should. All right, phone lines are open, 310-594-3003, 310-594-3003. You are listening to Rich on Tech Live. When we come back, I'll tell you what I think of the new Google Pixel 2. And I'll give you a hint. It's not as good as I thought it would be. We'll be back after this. Thanks for listening to Rich on Tech Live. You can find me on Instagram with the username Rich on Tech. There, I'll share random photos, including stuff I eat, my family, and where I'm traveling. Welcome back to Rich on Tech Live. I'm Rich DeMuro. Thanks to everyone watching on Facebook Live, and thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. This is the show where I answer your tech questions live and talk about all the cool stuff that's happening in the tech world. One of those things right now is the Pixel, Pixel 2. So Pixel... Last year's phone, this is Google's kind of answer to the iPhone. And I hate saying that, but that's the way people know it. It's not really an answer to the iPhone. It's just their phone. But the reality is that's the way it gets portrayed in the media because, you know, it's, it's, everything has to be an answer to the iPhone. But it's really not. It's just Google doing what Google does, which is make devices too. So Pixel 2, I was very excited about the Pixel 1. Well, I didn't really know what to expect out of the Pixel 1, but I fell in love with it. Love the, the camera, love the software. It was just a great phone, very different from the way iOS operates, but really nice phone. I held that phone for the longest, I think, out of any phone last year. I think it might have been a record of eight months. That's pretty amazing. When you test every single phone, um, it's, it's not easy to keep keep it in your pocket because you get the new phone in three months and then all of a sudden you want to switch to that because it's got something new and different and you're trying it out. Long story short, I love the Pixel. Pixel 2, I was super excited for because I assumed they would add water resistance and they did. But they, uh, man, I don't know where to start with this thing. It's just getting, this thing is getting trashed on reviews. Everyone's talking about how terrible the screen is and I will say, I, I noticed when I was taking pictures with the Pixel 2 that they just weren't as bright and vivid as the first Pixel. Now, when I look on my computer, they're not as bad, so it, maybe it is the screen. But the reality is, it's not a deal breaker. It's not like this phone is flawed. It's not like this phone is ruined. It's still a really nice phone. But the problem is, I'm actually thinking for the first time in a long time that Android feels like it is behind iOS. And I used to think that Android in some aspects was ahead of iOS. But guess what? The iPhone now has all the features that iOS people used to love. Dual cameras, you know, all these little fancy camera tricks, um, you know, all these little iOS software things that you can do, uh, wireless charging. But the reality is now Android feels like it's behind, especially this phone when I thought I was going to love it so much. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have the wireless charging. It's got a, a nice little screen. The camera's pretty amazing, but I don't think it's like leaps and bounds ahead of the first Pixel. So at this point, if you're looking at an Android, I almost feel like the Samsung is going to do a better job for you than the Pixel. Because you, you know, the Pixel is like, I'm almost bored by it. I'm like, okay, well, I can take a picture with a blurry background. What else can I do? Not, not much. I mean, yeah, I can squeeze it and activate the Google Assistant that way. What else can I do? Um, there's no headphone jack, so I can't plug those in, but I'm fine with that. Not a big deal to me. But I also feel like the iOS just feels ahead in the wearables. The Apple Watch, when you pair it with an iPhone, is just amazing. It's almost a magical experience. 
CarPlay, I used to not think was very good. And now after using CarPlay for the past uh, eight weeks or so, I'm like, this is way better than Android Auto. Android Auto, when I want to switch between my different audio applications, I've got to press a button and I've got to go through all these menus. On Apple, I can just, boom, I'm there. And I really just feel like I'm at, at the first, for the first time in a long time, I just feel like Android is letting me down. And I'm not saying that's not a good reason to get this. If you love Android, you're going to love this phone. But it's really going to make me and a lot of people think twice because we used to think, oh, if it comes from Google, it's the best. Not so much anymore. But I do like the software. It's nice. But it just doesn't have a lot of stuff going on there. I like get bored. I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, what, what can I do on this thing? Um, uh, Jonathan Geller, boy genius, he uh, started the website uh, BGR.com, boy genius report. He's not very nice about it. Here's what he says. Some have dipped their toes in the water, but none will just come out and say it. This phone is a complete you-know-what show of epic proportions, and people should seriously question why the maker of the world's number one operating system can't even make a good smartphone in 2017. Pixel 2 XL isn't sitting on a shelf. It's going in the trash. Wow. Ouch. Man, that's really uh, like, whoo. That's not very nice at all. Well, there you go. So thanks for listening. You can find me on the uh, KTLA 5 Morning News uh, every morning in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm on around 5, 15, 7, 50, and 9.30 every morning. And, of course, you can tune in in other cities, too. We've got Peter on the live chat saying he watches me every day on WJW Fox 8 in Cleveland. Thank you so much for watching in Cleveland. One of my favorite shows with uh, Stephanie and Gabe in the afternoon. That's actually my last live shot of the day. So it's always a fun one for me because it's like one o'clock where you guys are, but 10 a.m. where I am. So uh, just uh, letting you guys know on Monday, if you're listening to this before Monday, October, let's see, October 24th, Tuesday rather, I will be on the uh, Hallmark Channel Home and Family Show. So Hallmark TV, you can find it. Um, it's on a lot of the streaming services. I know it's on my direct TV now. You can TiVo it um, or DVR it, whatever people do these days. But uh, Home and Family is the show. It's kind of like their version of a morning show. It's kind of fun. They tape it here at Universal Studios in Los Angeles. It's a great little show. I'll be on that on Tuesday. And of course, you can always listen to me on KFI AM 640 um, in the 5 o'clock hour on Wednesdays. And sometimes on Fridays too, so or whenever. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. You can find me on uh, all the various social medias. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Hopefully, I don't blast you guys with too much stuff. And you can subscribe to this podcast by searching Rich on Tech on your favorite podcasting apps. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rich Demiro. I will see you next time. <laughs>